on this week's show. Delight for Herm Bay as they win promotion to the ESPN Premier. We hear from goalscorer Kieran Campbell and boss Ben Smith. Part of me wants to think she's looking down on us. I'm not that type of guy, but I just, I don't know, just felt it was fate today. Disappointment for Ashford, it's another season in the southeast for them. Tommy Warlow tells us about that defeat for the Nuts and Bolts. It's horrible because it's the second time we've got in the final year and the second time we've lost it, so just got to dust ourselves down and, and see what happens next season. On the way up as well, Dan Kelly of Sutton Athletic tells us how they secured promotion via the playoffs. If we'd have gone up as just second, we would never have had that celebration, the trophy, etc. Um, and it's a fourth promotion winner for the show this week. Tom Hadler discusses Maidstone's elevation back to the top flight of non-league. I've really only won this so that my girlfriend didn't chop my head off. Otherwise, we wouldn't have been going on holidays. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast, sponsored by Nick Cunningham Plumbing and Heating. We're going to hear from four men who are celebrating promotion this week as we hurtle along towards the end of another enthralling season in our little corner of the country. I'm John Phipps, who, aside from going to a playoff final, has had a rip-roaringly dull bank holiday weekend. And on the line now is a man who would be ecstatic right now if his team has many points as Sheppey United have got trophies this season, is, of course, Matt Gerrard. How has your bank holiday been, my friend? It's been very enjoyable, yes. I had not, um, a day out, and probably for the first time this season, I didn't know the day was score. I didn't take my phone out. We went for a walk in across Thanet and Margate and into Broadstairs, so I didn't know, and I was pleasantly surprised with the result today. Of course, they didn't win, but I'm pleasantly surprised, as I thought they could be in for a difficult afternoon. So, yes, um, to be honest... Um, I love doing this pod, John, but as we said before, the season's coming to a close. A bit of a break for everybody. Refresh the old batteries and go again next time. So it's been quite enjoyable. Uh, long weekend and roll on the four-day weekend for the uh, Her Majesty the Queen. That's just the next exciting thing to look forward to, I think. Well, yeah, I mean, my dad's upset by that one because my dad's birthday's at the end of May. And he oh, always right. has a bank holiday for his birthday, but not this year. They've binned him off, haven't they? Yes. So, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping... We were discussing it because he went down to Margate today and even though the weather wasn't great, it was absolutely rammed down there. Even though Dreamland wasn't open because we had my wife, one of her friends come over who lives abroad and she said, oh, we'll go to Dreamland. And we thought, that's a good idea. So the kids enjoy that. Dreamland wasn't even open, which was, shocking. to me, madness. Because surely, because it was so busy down there and we didn't do it. So um, very, very strange. But, and uh, you were thinking, we, we said the next time when we draw a walk in, a four-day weekend, if it's 25 degrees and boiling hot sun, it'll be carnage everywhere, won't it? For four oh, days, yeah. people on the booze. Yeah, it'll be very, very messy. It won't be uh, won't be much fun. that way. And I, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's some internationals around that time as well. So you might even get the, the joy of England playing one of those days and all. I mean, it's only going to be the Nations League, but I'm sure uh, that won't be much of a mix, will it? Because yeah, the, the, the Scotland, the, the Wales game against somebody, isn't it? That, that, that is yeah, the, the qualifier, yeah. Well, it'd be carnage, wouldn't it? And and the National League playoffs, which I hoped, well, I didn't know Dave would be involved, but that's on as well. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that'd be absolute, yeah. We, it was it was a nice weekend. It wasn't too, it was busy, but you know, people weren't getting drunk because it wasn't nice weather. But you just we were just thinking it'll be absolute carnage for four days if it's 30 degrees and uh, the pubs open. Because they can open until about two, I think, every day or that as well. Absolutely. I mean, I've not... I've, really not been far because we've had lots of check-ins and lots of stuff going on here as well so it's been one of those where but it, it's been pretty busy out out the front and everything so yeah it's been uh it's, it's been nice and i suppose you know when you don't work in i mean i i've never really had any job where bank holidays have been part of the norm because 
I've always been a, a sports journalist. And uh, I'll never forget when I left one of my jobs. Um, I've had a few, but I left one job and they, I was owed some holiday pay and they, I was short of it. And I said, what's, what, why haven't you given me all that? They said, well, because of the, the way the bank holidays are, there's an algorithm to it. And I went, yeah, but I've not, I've worked every bank holiday. And they went, oh, I think their actual phrase was, well, we've taken it off because of the bank holidays you've already enjoyed this year. And I was like, I've worked every bloody bank holiday Monday. And they're like, well, you'll have to take that up with your line manager then. And I was literally leaving in two days. And I was like, well, I ain't going to get the time back, am I? Um, and, and obviously in this job, bank holidays is, is just another day. So yeah, yeah. I, I don't, when everyone gets all excited about bank holidays, they don't mean nothing to me. It's just like another day. Um, I just look forward to the times when, when the B&B shut and I've got all my time to do whatever well, I want. So yeah, Again, because I haven't got much of them. I've got a big holiday in the, at the end of the year. Um, of course, uh, I haven't really got much holiday, so it, it's it's it, so I'm got, I've got to work well, all the way now. It's about August, I think it is. So uh, today was a nice day, but and it's a four day week. So as we're recording this on the Monday as well, John. So um, I've got the you know the week hopefully will go a little bit quicker than and to, and to enjoy the enjoy the enjoy the um, the shorter week, which will always be good because of course going back to work is a bit you know. Ugh tomorrow after such a nice day today yes exactly it's our 214th episode this week and you know what this morning i thought of a new number thing that we'd never done before and unfortunately i was six weeks too late for what i was aiming for is matt your birthday is the 208th day of the year if only i'd realized that back in march but if you know anyone whose birthday is on the 2nd of august then this show is for them uh stefan effenberg nasa chadley charlie xcx this is for you uh 214 is also the number of wayne white listed summits of the english lake district I've, i've driven through it on the M6 map, but I must admit, I've never actually managed to visit the Lake District. You, you've been up there? No, no, because we always go down to the southwest for our holidays. But I don't mind going. I always know um, a lady I work with, she went to the Lake District on a holiday. First time she'd been up there, and this was like August, and they had a massive flood. <laughs> it's basically, they've been there two days. Like, when it rains, it rains. And they got basically, they were in the campsite and got flooded out, and they had to come home. So that did put us off because I do like the warm weather apart from that. But uh, yeah, it's, it's something I always thought we should probably see more of the UK if we could. So we like the parts we did, but there's probably probably plenty more that we could like to go and see. Yeah, well, there's going to be lots more places for you to visit next season as well, like Eastbourne and Oxford. Chesed. and Yeah, Chesson. You know, you, you're going to be going to all the lovely places next season, aren't you? Uh, moving on, John, please. OK. Lovely. Uh, on with the show then, let's start with one of our newly promoted teams, the team who have made history as well by reaching their new level for the first time ever. Herne Bay were probably slight underdogs when they travelled to face Ashford United on Saturday, but impressive performance on the day saw them claim victory in a cleanly fought cash at Homelands. Two interviews for you from them, and for once we're not going to put them together because the first one is brilliant. Here is a delighted and emotional Bay boss Ben Smith. Yeah, just disbelief at the final whistle. Um, you know, I've... I've said to the boys one game at a time since literally since day one and they keep ribbing me about, you know, game one of 20, game one of 38. And I said to the boys afterwards, right, this is this is it now. It's game 40 or 40. Um, you know, I've be- I've believed in my team when others haven't. Um, I've stuck by players when many would were telling me, you know, he's not doing it. He's not, and, that, you know, they've, they've just repaid it. Um, and uh, so I'm, I'm so proud of all the players, the you know, the people behind the scenes that don't get a medal out here today. There, there's been so much effort put into changing this club around. 
from you know from it being in a lot of debt and potentially going under. Um, different sort of takeover options on the table for them. Um, you know, to us coming in and, and it's it's taken time. We're probably lucky in a sense that we've had a couple of COVID hit seasons. As much as we were in the playoff seat um, when it hit before, you know, we probably weren't ready as a club. And you know, now you see the support. You know, we've been having great support week in week out. Um, the attendances are on the up. You know, we're ready for the Ryman Prem. Um, you know, I fully believe that it's going to be difficult, but you know, I'll, I'll worry about that tomorrow. I think. Um, Looking at the game, um, you were, it needed a spark. Yeah, uh, you were starting to cancel each other out, and then you got a spark, a fine finish. Yes, yeah, we were. There was a few times we broke early and we hit the post in the first half. You just need one of them to go in, and we've got enough quality on that pitch for one of them to, to go in. Um, you know, against Ashford, you're gonna you're gonna struggle to get out of your half times because they play a certain style of football that. You know, it's really effective, and it's difficult to play against. You know, um, this, you know, give great credit to to Tommy and Ashford. Um, but I always felt, even the games we played previously, and we'd come away and we'd lost, I always felt that if we if we were brave and we tried to play, we kept trying to play, we would we would eventually um, have, have their number. And it's all about timing, isn't it? It's written in the stars. So if I say to you, the hard work starts now, though, doesn't it? One, one million percent. Um, <laughs> You know, we're, we're, we're ready as a club, but, you know, we, we wanted to be there yesterday. As soon as, you know, myself and Stuart Fitcher took over the club, we wanted to be in the league above, you know, and our ambition now will be in the league above that. I've always said, and people were slating me earlier in the season when I said, Whitstable are not our rivals anymore, you know, and it's not a dig at Whitstable, it's it, whoever, whoever the top sides in, are in the league, they've got to be the rivals. And going up into that league, you know, it's going to be a long slog, but... Whoever's at the top, they've got to be the rivals. You've got, you've got to do everything you can to, to get to a standard where you're good enough to compete with those. Otherwise, what are you doing it for? You know, why am I leaving my wife, kids, and you know, leaving work early and all those sacrifices? Why am I doing that if, if it's not to want to win something? You know, we were, we were by no means the favourites today at all. Massive underdogs. But we, we were in there talking... We were doing everything to think about how we would win this game of football. You know, and I remember, I remember being there in the semi-final with ours playing Cray Valley and every way I looked at it I'm thinking it's going to be difficult to beat them I don't I didn't see a way really um, other than not playing and being as you know as anti-football as possible I didn't really see a way I didn't really wholeheartedly believe we'd beat them um, whereas today I did and you know and I think I've learned a lot from from those games um, and you know it's say it's a, it's a great test for us now as a, as a football club players as well players in there that you know have been in this league for a long time you know let's, let's see let's see how they do now you know is it one of those where these players are going to get the chance 100 percent. i say i you know yes we've uh, we've we've lost players that, during the season that have gone and but by and large the the, the players that started there's a spine on my team from day one of pre-season um you know so i am I'm certainly a manager that believes in the players i've got um you know, so so one, they're the ones that got us here. It's not the same. There's zero pressure on us next year. So, you know, they deserve the opportunity. Absolutely. Teams that go up from this division tend to do okay. So I guess that's something you can take heart into when, when you start your pre-season planning. Because I'm sure tonight there's not going to be a lot, lot of thinking about next season, is there? No, absolutely <laughs> not. Um, it's, you know, it's taking it in and, you know, just 
coming back down to earth, I guess. Um, it was hard. I, I didn't, when the final whistle went, I, you know. Do you know, I watched you. I, I, I watched to see what your reaction was. And you just put your, ha- your, your, yeah, your hands just, on your head. You know, so many times we've been the bridesmaids um, in, and just fallen short on many occasions. I've been here on semi-finals at Canterbury against Ashford in, you know, against Sheppies and people, you know, and it's just always just not happened on the day. Not, you know, we were done all right, but in the end, the you know, we got steamrolled out and that was it. It was like, yeah, you know, it's one of those typical England, you know, you, you do well, but if you falter at the final hurdle, you're going to falter and everyone will go, yeah, well done, you've done all right. Um, you know, so today was something different. Um, you know, I say, recently lost uh, my nan, who was a massive part in influencing me in liking sport. You know, I learned to read from reading the back of a newspaper. I, was, you know, it's that time of year where we used to sit down and watch Ronnie O'Sullivan together. I've seen him, you know, in the semi-final doing really well. You know, we used to, go, you know, we spend a lot of time just sitting there watching the snooker, talking about football, you know, all about sport. You know, she died. We shared the same birthday. I just had that. Um, you know, and it's say so it, for me. You know, I've uh, my coat pocket is a photo of me and her. It's for me. It was written in the stars. Um, it really was, you know, the way we got here after, you know, it, it was falling to pieces, to be fair. Um, and, yeah, it's mad, but since she died, I don't believe in God or anything like that, but since she died, we've just gone from strength to strength. And, you know, part of me wants to think she's looking down on us, you know, and, uh, you know, so I, I'm, not, I'm not that type of guy, but I just, I don't know, I just felt it was fate today. I really did. Uh, that last 90 seconds or so is just lovely, isn't it, Matt? I had loads more things I could have asked him. But do you know what? When he said that about his nan, that just seemed like the perfect way to finish. I, I'm genuinely delighted for Ben. As he said there, many times his teams have been so close to success. Finally, they've got over the line. And, and full credit to him and everyone at the club. I think it's a, a fantastic achievement. And because we got to know Ben quite a bit and we, we was on the radio show and I was at the game when they lost the, the semi-final, so and you could see the, the disappointment, you know, in his voice and on his face on that. So to achieve that achievement and, um, yeah, it shows the human side of football, doesn't it? Um, from what he said from there about his uh, recently deceased uh, grandmother. Um, and it brought an interesting, you know, story on my behalf. I always remember that I used to go around my nans and read the football scores and probably bit like him, maybe that's how I learned to read when I read the football scores. But Definitely um, the same for me. That's how I read. I, I used to read the back of the paper and read the football yeah, scores. So, you know, when he said that to me, I thought the same thing. And, and so, Yeah, so, it's and, and you know, and, and I think it's, it's you know, it makes makes everybody a little bit human and there's things, you know, football's only a game, but, you know, what it meant to him from that, to have the picture of his nan, you know, and what, the, you know, the, all the hard work that he puts in. And when he said about it, oh, it's, you know, game one of 40, game one, game, what, this is the whole season of nine months, 10 months, probably 11 months of hard work. And the, what he's got and he's thinking about his family, it makes it um, just great and a, a fantastic achievement for the club. And yeah, it, you know, it, might, it probably shows that that hard work, you put the hard work in, you know, he's a school teacher, leaving early, it comes to fruition and, you know, and he thought about his nan as well. It was a, it was a lovely story and a fantastic achievement for the club. Yeah, and it is because he said, you know, it was difficult. They didn't know where the club was going to be going. And I remember all of that. And uh, obviously he left Canterbury and, and went into Herm Bay. And obviously his ambition was to to get from it. And I love what he said there. And he said that on this show 
when he was on a few weeks ago, he said it before. His rivals are the team at the top of the league. And, and it's not about the local rivalries, the traditional rivalries. And he says it will be exactly the same next season in, in the Isthmian League Premier Division. And, and, I, and I hope that they can give a good fist of it. And as you heard me say to him there, teams tend to do all right when they go up from this division. Now, I think there are some some below average teams in that division up there um, who the likes of Herne Bay will be beating. And, you know, that. It's, it's one of those things as well, where by being in that position that they're in, they're going to get the pick of the players in that sort of area. You know, if, if you're if you're a player and you're looking and you're thinking, well, I could go to Herne Bay, I could go to Whitstable, I could go to Farish, or go to Ramsgate. Well, they've got the clear advantage now because of the level of football that they'll be able to offer. and They're, they're getting the new 3G pitch in and everything. And, and the future is just so bright for Herne Bay. And I've been getting good crowds in through the door. They've got a manager who obviously cares so much about the club. They've got a chairman who cares a lot about the club. And I think the only way is up. They're going 3G next season, are they? That's the plan. Yeah. So I think that, um, again, the money they can get in for that. um, Probably a lot of teams in that division have it. So um, that can work in their favour. It's a nice nice little compact ground. um, Some big teams will be going there. When they play Margate, fantastic for them. Really is. And interesting what he also said there, Joe. He said, you know, a lot of people have, you know, missed the season, the last two seasons. He said COVID helped them maybe, you know, to work more, look at the opponents, work on the team they've got. And when they've had their first season with COVID, they've got promoted. Well, I presume it was a bit of a risk for Canterbury to to, to Herne Bay to take on Ben from Canterbury, wasn't it? Because he managed, you know, in the in the scaffold, Herne Bay, you know, a solid uh, it's been a lead team could have gone there but he's gone in and, and he's got his reward for hard work and now he'll be managing at a, a very decent level the hard work the travelling will be a little bit more but it's all worth it in the end isn't it it certainly is I mean it was a goalless first half on Saturday the two sides albeit with very different styles were pretty much cancelling each other out the game needed something to kick it into life and the game got it thanks to a fine strike from Kieran Campbell. The winger cut inside to score from the edge of the penalty area. He then linked out with Aaron Milbank, who was tripped in the box to win the penalty that the sub then tucked away. Campbell's intervention in this game was key then. And I also spoke to him after the game. No, that's been that's probably been my my weakness for the last couple of years is um, performing well but not getting the stats, not getting the goals. Um, but like I said, I got, got got a couple in the semi-final and I got one today, which it means a lot to me, honestly. So, so yeah, it was all right. Not too bad. Watching the game, it kind of needed a spark. And you had a couple of runs where you just got into the box and been dispossessed. And then, what what a moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I just had to keep on going. Um, I knew that I was up against a fullback. That's that's really, really good. Um, I played against him already this season. So it was the case of just keeping going, keeping going. There's going to be a chance where, where I can do that bit of magic and, and it came on. So... And then it happened. So I can't complain. How are you all feeling now? I mean, that's a, a fantastic achievement for Herne Bay to be promoted this weekend. Oh, honestly, it, it, it means the world. Um, when Ben and Fitchy came in, uh, me and Zach were their first two signings. And um, we knew the history of the club. We knew that there was, there was times in the season where they were struggling. And in my first interview, I said, um, playoffs is minimum. And first season got cancelled because of COVID. Second did as well. So our first full season to get to get promoted is it, it means the world to me. Honestly, I can't even explain it. And uh, you, you and Zach obviously good friends. I saw you celebrating together and everything. So you must both be delighted. Yeah, yeah, that's my brother, man. We went we went school together. Um, we were at Hive together. We came to Herne Bay together. 
Um, even when we're not playing football, I'm at his house, we're chilling together, we're training together, we go gym together. So to win it with him means means the world. That's my partner, man. Uh, so what do you, do you do now? Obviously a night of celebrations tonight and then a, a, a little bit of a break before you start thinking about next season? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to think about next season too much. I just want to relax, uh, give football a little break, go out tonight, enjoy it. Um, back to work on Tuesday, so I can't celebrate too much, man. I still am a, I'm a working man, nine to five, so, you know, I'll be back to work. <laughs> Uh, but generally speaking, Herne Bay have never been at this at this Min Premier League level before ever in the club's history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you must be proud that you're part of the team that's made history like that. No, definitely. They, it, history, like the gaffer has been saying time and time again, no one's going to remember the person that, that finished third. No one's going to remember the team that, that uh, came second in the playoff final. If you want to make history, today's the day to do it. And um, the boys showed today with, with hard work what, what, what you can achieve. So it, I don't know, man. It's, it's hard to put into words, but I'm, I'm delighted and I'm happy for the fans as well because they've been with us every game, home and away. Chichester away on a Tuesday night. They're there in numbers. Um, so, yeah, I, I hope they enjoy it and they deserve it. And he also just said to me, he's been saying to all, all season, it's one game at a time, one game at a time. And, yeah, yeah. and people have been taking the mick out of him for it, but it's worked, hasn't it? Yeah, no, definitely. Hats off to the gaffer because he's never stopped believing. Um, there's been times in the season where it looks like, if you look at the league table after the game, you're thinking, all right, we've messed it up or... And the gaffer's just been on it every game, saying, guys, we're still there. Just keep doing the right things, keep doing the right things. And the last seven, eight games, the, the, the defence has been magnificent. Um, we've got the goals up top and everything's just come together perfectly. So hats off to the gaffer. Um, the two guys that came in to help us with training, they've done fantastic. Every, the whole, everything, every, everyone at Herne Bay, man, they've been, they've been amazing. So hats off to them. Well, it was a big day for him and his pal, Zach Andrew. And it was great to hear from him after a fine performance. And I'm sure... Having watched them on Saturday, those two will be a threat again at the next level up, Matt. Yeah, we, we know what Zach Anser can do. The girls he scored. Um, I don't know if it, that affects his, his Sunday football playing at that level. Um, ben, Ben's done well to manage him on that. Kieran Campbell, I don't really know much about him. Um, as a winger, it was either different. So then, John, you said, he, you said he looked a little bit dangerous during the game. He had a couple of chances early on. Yeah, I think, uh, I, I think all the way through, I said... Herne Bay have got the individual players and to be honest I was even more impressed with Herne Bay than I thought I was going to be because they have got the individual talent especially in attack but I thought their centre-halves were excellent uh Mike West was out of this world in midfield as, as you would expect um but those three Roy Smith at the post uh answer was just a constant menace and and Campbell's just got he's got pace he's got a little bit of trickery and it was kind of coming as I said to him there there was a couple of times before the goal where he just tried to wriggle into the penalty area and the ball just ran away from him. And you could tell he was the outlet. And uh, and then he come up with the goal. I know Ashford, a little bit me, felt there might have been a foul in, in the build-up to that. But all he can do is stick the ball away. And, and he stuck it away with, with, with some aplomb as well into the far corner. Absolutely no chance for the goalkeeper. And, you know, that's what player finals are won on. They're won on moments of individual brilliance. And, and that goal definitely counts as a moment of individual brilliance. Could it have gone either way at that time? Did you, was it coming? Do you think? I, I, it was. A, it was a very, very even game. That they, they, as I just said, they were cancelling each other out. Uh, Herne Bay playing their way. Ashford getting the ball wide, trying to get the ball into, uh, trying to get crosses in for Jay May and Gary Lockyer to to attack. But as I say, that the centre halves were were really, really strong for Herne Bay, and, and they just dealt with those with those crosses into the penalty area. And when they didn't, Jordan Perry made a couple of nice saves and everything like that. But I don't think Ashford will look at it and say they created enough. I don't necessarily think Herne Bay created that much more, 
but they took their chances and that's all that matters. Yeah. Um, and then, and then from that, do you think then we, again, he's going to give everybody a chance. I see Ben Smith next season. And again, as you say, though, he will open up the options for players um, being in the higher level that some people might stay in the, in the South East division. They won't want to play Heather at Herne Bay. Um, no, they'll be looked after. No, they'll be treated well. Uh, interesting to see what they do, but, Again, it's a chance for these, some of these players who, you know, have played Skeffel, have done well at that level to play at even higher level. So take that ball by the horns um, and, and go from there. Who would have thought a few years ago there, John, you know, after seeing today what happened in the Conference South, that um, they will be playing Billericay. <laughs> I know, it's astonishing, isn't it? Uh, of course, while there was a winner at Homelands, there also had to be a loser. The second completed campaign running, it was Ashford. They lost in the Isthmian League Southeast playoff final. Here's their manager, Tommy Warrello. I thought it was a tight game. Um, I, I thought we had the better chances the first half. I thought we could have um, had a couple of good chances. And even the second half, we had Sashi Zeda from the throw. Um, I think the first goal was important today. And, and obviously they got it. But again, they got it from our... We give the ball away. You know, we give it our mistake. I'm not disputing the way they play and the, the possession, but we had this on Tuesday. But today... Um, I don't know if Tuesday took a little bit out of us, but we didn't really press as, as, better, as much as we used to. But um, I don't mind because I don't think that was really hurting us. But uh, they've got the breakthrough and that's all that counts. Their first goal, did you think that there was a foul in the build-up? I don't know because um, obviously Wisso got caught on the edge and went over. So, listen, I, I thought there's a few fouls that went on by both sides that weren't given today. So, I, that's not why we lost the game. You know, it's fine margins and... And we got punished. We had the ball to it got round well, and then um, we so got caught on it. And then um, the lads put it away well. You said the first goal was important. You, you almost kind of cancelled each other out for a little while, yeah. and then when that goal went in, it, it did change your complexion. Well, it does because you you got to go chase, not chasing the game, but we, obviously we, you know we got we got to look to get back in the game. So it does change, and we got caught obviously for the for the penalty. But um, like I said, we I thought we had some good opportunities in the first half. You know, Gales had a couple, um, and Tasha said. I think they're good chances, not half chances, but um, it is what it is. You know, we've, we've just got to sort of suck it up, and it's, it's horrible because it's the second time we've got in the final year and the second time we've lost it. So, just got to dust ourselves down and, and see what happens next season. How do you dust yourselves down? I mean, obviously, you're an experienced manager, you've got a lot of experienced players, but it, it's, it must be so disappointing for everybody. Yeah, it's, um, it's more disappointing the fact that I thought both goals were, you know, disrespectful, but they weren't well worked from them. Um, they come from us, uh, but it was a tight game. It, we did count, you know, we did sort of um, counter each other out. And you're going to win a game like this. Like I said, I think we're both entertaining, attacking. I mean, my teams always think of attack, 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 attack. But we wanted to make sure today that we was also not got caught on counter attacks, which we did do on a few occasions, but with no end product. But it's a one-off game. There's a lot riding on it, so you do change your tactics a little bit, but not to take the. Um, the sort of free free role you give the boys once they get out there. So, so what do you do now? Is it, uh, when we spoke a couple of weeks ago, you said to me, I don't want to be coming in on that Thursday and saying that's the end of the season. Will it now be a case of bringing the boys back in again this week? Or do well, you just, have you gonna, said your, nah, your bits now? No, nah, because we've got the game for a role. I'm going to sort out in a couple of weeks. So um, we'll probably get them all in then. But um, it's just hard. Like, listen, the last thing they want to do is do anyone shouting on in it. And they're devastated in now. Um, and I just use the word you know, fine margins. I didn't think there was a lot in it today. I, I don't mind about all this possession stuff. I don't mind it. It's about how teams hurt you. Um, and today, we, you know, we've 
we've not scored and if you don't score obviously you don't get your result and when do you start thinking about next season um, have a break and... sorry Steve I, I, do you know what I, I don't know because um, I thought you know I'm not going to lie I thought Tuesday I thought yeah, yeah you know, we've, we've done a really hard that was a hard game Tuesday and I knew today was going to be a tight game but I just just felt you know we, we did fall short um, but for next season, I don't know, I've got to speak to the boys. I don't know. We'll have that game with Raul, and it'll probably be then, to be honest. The thing is that everyone goes, I'm going to sign him, sign him, sign him, and re-sign him. They don't sign a contract. They, they can leave you. You know, there's no point. Getting, unless they're contracted, you can sign who you want. But if someone comes in and gives someone a better deal, sort of three weeks into pre-season or whatever, then then you lose your players. But, um, you know, it's, it's a bit of pill to spoiler, but I'm not going to sound disrespectful or, you know, fair play to Wern Bay. Um, you know, like I said, is uh, I don't know what else to say. It's just it is what it is, and I'm, I am gutted. But I didn't think we got totally dominated today and outplayed at all. I just thought that they've took their first chance really with a curler. It's a great finish, and um, we've had to go and chase the game. Disappointment all around for the nuts and bolts, Matt. And I guess the pressure is probably going to be on them again next season to avoid the playoffs and win the whole damn thing. Yeah. Um, you've got a feel for them. Tommy Warrillow been successful over the last few years. Maybe it works against them. But unlike Herne Bay having the COVID season when maybe some of the players they've had were at their peak or a little bit more of their peak, they could have done well in the in the COVID hit seasons. Um, Tommy Warrillow, he'll be bitterly disappointed because uh, he knows you know, he probably should be managing at, at the Eastman Premier Division level. It just hasn't worked out for them. Had plenty of goal threats. Attacking-wise, they've looked good. Brought Liam Friendy the short, short up in the back. But just haven't got over the um, over that line again. But home target. Will they have a better opportunity? Maybe next season, as we know, with the other sides coming in. It's going to be a tight division. It's going to be an open division. They just hope that they maybe they can... Um, will they lose some of their players? to maybe the likes of che- Sheppey and Chatham as well. So a big summer for them as well. Again, the likes of Jay May, Frey Cott, Franny Collin. Are they going to carry on? Maybe a bit of a rebuild for Ashford there. Um, yeah, just feel a bit sorry for Tommy Warrillow, really. But it was a cruel game, but you've got to go again. He's seen it all before, and I'm sure he'll go again one more time. I think the thing that will play into their hands a little bit is that there's no one coming down, uh, or that we don't expect anyone will be relegated into this division. And I guess that kind of means it, it works both ways. Ashford will obviously be the team that everyone will be wanting to beat because they were the second best team in the league in the final standings. So they they kind of got kind of have that favourites tag about them, but I also think you know that where they are that the you know there was a big crowd in there on Saturday, there is expectation there, and I think if they can keep the nucleus of that team together, then there's no reason why they they won't earn that tag of favourites, and you know, you've got to expect that they will be up there again. But it's how they how they bounce back from this disappointment because you know they, they've got some experienced players who've been there and done it before, but they've also got players who who are on the on the way up and, and may have kind of expected that this was going to be a really good opportunity for them. And now they know they've got to try and go again. And, and you know, we talk about the little bit of extra travelling, but the Eastman League South East is going to be a slog next season because it's going to be some difficult places to go. You're probably still going to get... Derby, isn't it? That's the yeah. Other thing. yeah, and, you, and you're still going to get some, some long trips on Tuesday nights. You know, you've got places like Chichester still in the league and, and everything like that. And, and I just think... It's it's going to be. I think they need that little bit of a break to to get back 
and 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 kind of come back refreshed and and hopefully you know they'll all have the time and and come August everyone at Ashford will be bang up for it all again and and waiting for it to start. Yeah, probably where I've seen it all before. His job is to lift his players and get and you know ring around those players and saying right, we're going to do it one more time, one more time. Um, have they got the hunger? Some of those players, the older players, to do it. That's that's Tommy's job to try and get them back again. But they'll be disappointed. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm sure they would be. But again, another club who seem to be you know pulling in the right direction with what they're trying to do. It's a good area, affluent area, places they can try and attract supporters. So they've got to do that as well. But just be bitterly disappointed they've missed out because at one stage we thought we, they could win the division. Absolutely. Let's move on then uh, to another side who was celebrating promotion after a playoff success on Saturday. They needed extra time to do it, but it was Sutton Athletic who secured victory in the first Scaffold Division 1 playoffs, eventually seeing off Lightfield and Newhide by two goals to one. Here is the Sutton boss, Dan Kelly. I started by asking him about that win on Saturday. It's the culmination of a very long and rewarding season now. Um, and one that's, well, I say a long time coming for the club, but one we've never been in that position before. So, biggest day the club's ever had Saturday. And then to win it was like, well, it's just unbelievable, really. Was there a certain amount of pressure on you because you'd finished second in the league? Um, yes and no. I suppose pressure, yes, because we had a great season. People probably expected us to be there. But I think Larfield really were the, probably the favourites, purely because of the probably the budget that, you know, they don't make no um, bones about the fact that they've got budget. I think they were probably slight favourites from that aspect, um, to be truthful. And obviously it went to extra time as well, so I guess you, you were probably getting a bit nervy, were you? Yeah, it was nervy. I mean, you know, obviously it had a bit of a... It certainly had a cup-tie feel to it, like a cup-final feel to the day, the whole day, really. You know, and that was, that was the fr- not frustrating, but that was the one thing that it... Kind of, um, you know, you, you work all season, finish second, and then it's like all, all, the whole season come down to, to one game, really. Um, so I had a massive cup final feel to it. But having won it, then the feeling was fantastic because actually if we'd have gone up as just second, we would never have had that celebration, the trophy, etc. Um, so that, 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 that just made it actually better in a way, <laughs> winning it in extra time with... Actually, it was an unbelievable goal. I don't know if you've seen it, but worthy of winning any game, to be truthful. Uh, it's interesting. You say about how you, it's, it's a nice way to go up through the playoffs and that. And obviously, this is the first season we've had playoffs at this level. And, yeah. and I guess it's, it's a really good thing because it gave, it gave teams below you, third, fourth, fifth, something to, to play for as the season was, was going to an end. Yeah. I mean, obviously, team finishing second this year. It was one of those. It was like... Felt very pessimistic about the the, the playoffs because you know you've watched playoffs in professional football whatever over the years and quite often you see the team that finished fifth or fourth that have been on good form nick it and because we've been there all season challenging you know we've been half top half the season it was a bit like oh you know but then we've never been in that position where we finished second you know, we finished third before fifth before so at the start of the season if someone had said you'd get a playoff place I'd have snapped their hand off and it definitely made it more interesting and competitive longevity of the season because, you know, like I say, last game of the season, even Tooting that we played on Wednesday, they lost and if Brighton had won, they wouldn't have even been in the playoffs. Mm. So it makes it more exciting from that aspect. 
Yeah, and, and I guess for you now, now the hard work starts, doesn't it? So you've got a plan for the step up. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, it's nice to try and have a break, but um, I've, I've seen the league even tweet this evening that you know the new season starts on the thirtieth of July, and that's actually not that far out away. And, and now going up a, a league, the, the main thing for me is keeping the whole team that. I can imagine that you know we've had it anyway with certain players, but there'll probably be clubs now trying to see if they can get them, especially after the way they perform. So um, nice to try and have a break. Don't get me wrong; I'm going to try and at least kick back for a couple of weeks. But then the the work starts again. Uh, it's going to be even harder now, obviously, going up to step five. You, as a club, have, have had some good success before. You've you've done well in cups and everything like that. And I suppose you've had you've played teams from the step above before in one-off games. But over the course of a league season, it's going to be a completely different kettle of fish, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's that's going to be the real test for us. And, and that's what you know. Um, I've said that to people before. It's like, oh, you know, even this season, you know, we got to the semi-final of the, the, the league cup. You know, we beat the likes of Beersdale and Holmesdale, Tower Hamlets, went to Sheppey and. Narrowly lost at their place 2-1 and, and then in the reverse fixture we was 1-0 up at half-time but exactly that on a one-off you know we know we've got a very good team and on that one-off we can do it but doing it it's not going to be an easy game not that there's an easy game in the in the first division don't get me wrong but obviously stepping up there's going to be it's going to be a, a tough test every single week you're going to need to be on it hey, it I know every manager's going to tell me it's a team game, but but it helps when you've got a striker that scored fifty goals, doesn't it? <laughs> well, it, it certainly makes a difference. I mean, he's um, yeah. I mean, forty-eight goals in forty-eight games. He's got three this season. Um, you know, he got player player of the season, and rightly so. I mean, players have obviously voted for him because of his goals. I mean, there's, there's times this season. I'll be honest. When I've looked at him and thought, right, I need to make a sub. Um, he's not not playing fantastically well, but I could never take him off because. If something falls in the box, um, he will be there. And given his due, he's actually scored quite a few few from outside the box this season. He's scored all types of goals. And you know what? We probably wouldn't have been where we was if we didn't have them goals. And you're lucky to have him, aren't you? Because he is a really good player. He's a fantastic player. Yeah, fantastic player. I mean, take goals away from him. His work rate's unbelievable. His team ethic. Um, he trains. I mean, he lives in Sutton, um, but not Sutton where we are based. Um, you know, so he's travelling an hour to training every week, uh, and he doesn't pull out excuses not to make it. His, his commitment's fantastic, and yeah, we've been lucky to have him this year. Extremely lucky. So you said you, you, your most important thing is keeping players that you've already got, but I, I guess you've you've probably got some players that, that you've had your eye on that you're now thinking, well, we're in a position that where we can try and and get them in and improve this squad. <laughs> yeah, football's a funny old game because there's always you know, um, there's always room for improvement um, and don't get me wrong we're no different you know and we're probably going to need to certainly add to the squad even a little bit of quality um, yes I think now maybe there will be that element of you know because we're in that league and might be able to go back for players that I've spoken to before because we're at that level but the big thing that will come in is budget we, we you know we don't operate on one so that still might be an element of trying to get players that's going to be a real task the main thing for me will be keeping the squad first and foremost. And if I can add two or three to it, certainly names that I have touted before be fantastic. But like I say, you know, without a budget, that still might be a bit of a an uphill task. Uh, and what's the first aim? Just just make sure that you've got enough to to stay uh, stay there, or are you aiming higher? 
Oh, listen, you know, I don't go into any football game to uh, uh, anything other than a win. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I've got to be real, we're not going to go out and win the league. Um, well, I say that, you never know. But um, it's not anything you see, you know, you've seen Holmes, Dow go up and do fantastic. You see Kennett and gone up and done unbelievably well. But then you've seen Russell go up and survive by the skin of their teeth. So it, it can be done at each end of the spectrum. I think getting off to a good start for me is going to be key. Uh, injuries is going to play a part. And then, like I say, hopefully if the squad's there and we, and we get off that good start, who knows? Um, but ultimately, we've got in that level. That's the first time the club's ever been at step five. If we can stay there the first season, that's got to be the building blocks for me. Uh, and just find, obviously, the, the, the stadium and everything. You're, you're all set to go there. Are, are, are you? Uh, do, do you need to get any work done to, to meet ground grading in the future? Uh, well, the club had the ground graded in March um, for the potential move up. And I, and I think that was um, there was nothing wrong with that. I think there's a, a length of hard standing that needs to be done uh, by next March. So it can be done throughout the season. But other than that, um, the ground is fine. Although the, the, the chairman he's talking about has been trying to get another grant for extending the stand we've got anyway. So hopefully that will progress regardless. Um, of the fact that it's, it's okay as it is. So, so it's all just exciting times on and off the pitch then? Yeah, yeah, like I say, you know, the club's never been in the position it's in, so it's, it's you know, the last few years, you know, you mentioned about the FA Cup run before and, and, and this and that and now getting into this level, it's just, it seems one thing after another and after COVID couple of years, it's just something that's um, taken, I, I dare say taken longer, but seems it's taken longer. I mean, I've been there five years now and it just, Seems like culmination of the last five years has paid off, to be honest. Well, a deserved promotion for them, Matt. They, they, they finished second. I think everybody expected them to go up through the playoffs and now they can start looking head to life in the Scaffold Premier Division. Yeah. Um, I think what you said when I spoke to you, you thought they may have too much for Larkfield. Again, went to the wire, didn't it, extra time? I saw on social media the goal and the scenes of that. So shows it what it meant to them. Um yeah, I think they've been not there and thereabouts, haven't they, all season. Uh, now they've got to look at it and see how they compete in the league above. Again, I'm sure the management will give all their players a chance to do it again next season. It's just got to make sure that, as we know from what Chippy has said, it can be quite a difficult league when you go into and it. Uh, I think you've got to go with your eyes wide open, right? If it's not working early doors, maybe you have to make a few wise decisions about players and what you can do, but just keep to your principles. Um, and, and I'm sure they'll, they'll be successful in that, but they're winning matches, which gives them a good start. But they, you know, it could be could be a difficult season, but I'm sure they'll enjoy that step up and make the most of it. I'm, I'm sure they can be successful. As we've seen, the teams that have come up have normally done okay. Not maybe pulled up many trees at times, but been okay and bloody the nose of some of the bigger sides. So an interesting season awaits, and uh, I'm sure that hard work of all these managers have, have enjoyed their moment of getting promoted. Now they've got to look at it and in a totally new direction of where they can go. I suppose the big thing that they've got over other teams that have come up is, is the goal scorer. When you've got a bloke who's got 50 goals in the season, yeah. uh, that gives you a, a, a head start, doesn't it? And what one thing with the Ashford thing that we've just been talking about, I, I think part of their problem was that they kind of stuttered into the playoffs because it had been clear for a long time they were going to finish second. Sutton were, were more in, in the title race for longer, but then they managed to bounce back from the disappointment of losing out in that title race because it was close until they had a little bit of a blip 
but to bounce back from that and then go on and win the playoffs as they've done, that that's full credit to Dan and everyone at the, behind the scenes at the club. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, that that's the thing we see it with teams of the playoffs when they miss out, uh, then the, you know they've got to lift themselves again. They've managed to lift themselves. Sound like a really interesting game, tight affair, but they've come through it and, and, the, and the scenes in there look absolutely fantastic. And whatever level you are, if you win a trophy. Um, you're going to make the most of it, enjoy it. So, and if you've got somebody who scored 50 goals, to step up, you'll get chances in the league above. So there's a very good chance he's going to score a lot more goals again. I would have thought if they if they can if they can feed him. Well, that's what happened with Gary Lockyer, wasn't it? He came up, he, yeah. he scored a lot yeah. of goals in Division One. Camp scored a lot of goals in the scuffle. I actually looked, he'd got 18 in 15 games before he moved to Ashford, and then he got another 15 for Ashford. So you know, he's, it, it, it does show that if you've got the goal scorer, that will help. And and Sutton Athletic generally, Matt, I mean, they were a club we didn't know a lot about, but they had mm-hmm. that really good FA Cup run a couple of years ago, didn't they? And they were beating teams uh, at a higher level. That was what we had down on the radio show, because I think they, I want to say they thrashed Ashford Town Middlesex. Uh, I think they beat them 4-0, something like that. Um, and and that does show that they've got something about them, that, that they've got that ability. And I think, much like Stansfeld, they've shown they can mix it with teams at that level above. And and I think that they've had that experience is going to help them out. Because with Punjab, Punjab's a great example of that. They hadn't really had the cup runs because they were so new. They went straight through Scaffold Division 1. So when they came up, they hadn't really tested themselves against teams at Scaffold Premier Division. Whereas Kennington had in the past um, with their good FA Vars run. And now we've had both these two teams at the top who've got promoted into this division, have have shown that they can mix it with teams at that level. And I think that's going to be a big help for them going forward. I think they've got to make, they're going to make sure, you know, they've done those one-off games, they've seen it. Each week, it's going to be a tough game, a different probably style of team you're coming to get up against every week. You've just got to make sure that you're up for it on every game. And you've just got to be a bit more organised, a little bit more astute when it comes to it, particularly, you know, in the, in the long winter months when there's some tough games and you've got to go travel, um, you just got to be a little bit switched on. It just It's probably another level of professionalism that you've just got to take on board. But, you know, as we know, for every single manager we speak on this program, whatever level, they've done their homework. So we're not telling them to suck eggs. They, they'll know what the jump bump is going to be and they'll look to um, look to compete at it. And we'll look forward to speak, seeing how they do next season. Stansfield and Sutton could well be um, dark horses because they score a lot of goals um, and that, that division and if you, if you as you say if you've got a goal scorer in the scaffold you will do well absolutely I suppose the other thing is it's easier to raise yourself up for a, a one-off cup game yeah, exactly. and I think that's kind of exactly what you said there but when you're going to and, and I mean no disrespect to this at all but when you're going to Beerstead on, on a Saturday in November that's a lot harder to get yourself up for perhaps than it is when it's an FA Vast clash and you and you've got a big opportunity and you're the underdog. So that's where the challenges are going to lie for them. Now Sutton's win on Saturday was the penultimate game in the Scaffold this season because there was one more fixture on Monday, the Scaffold Challenge Cup final, which was between Sheppey United and Crowborough. And after a 5-2 win, it was the Heights who won the cup, completing a magnificent season by winning their fourth trophy. We've spoken a lot about them, Matt. So just quickly, what an achievement. I've just looked it up. They've lost four games all season, two in the league, one in the FA Vars and one in the FA Cup. A, a superb campaign. Yeah. Um, four trophies, two... Yeah. It, they've done absolutely fantastic. I have to say, there's not much that more you can do. The goals they've scored, the way they've played, the, the support they're getting through, the ground, what they've got there. 
yeah, fantastic. That's all they can ask for. Again, make the most of it. It might not. We might well be the same as next season, or it might not be the. Uh, it might not be as the walk in the park they've had this season. But make the most of it. Go again and see what happens for you. Yes, let's move on up then to the National League South, where it's been a massive weekend. Uh, almost all of our teams have now achieved their number one objective. So let's start by hearing from our fourth promoted man of the week. Maidstone needed two wins out of their final three games unless Dorking Wanderers slipped up. So when Dorking did slip up, the victory for the Stones over Chelmsford on Saturday did the job. Afterwards, goalkeeper Tom Hadler spoke to a friend of the show, Alex Hode. Well, you see, it would have been lovely, but hey, who cares, really? Four goals in nine games towards yeah. the end of the season for you. Mm-hmm. I think 20, 26 and 31 overall, something yeah. like that for you. Yeah, yeah, what a season. Um, not just, obviously, personally, it feels amazing, but just the, what a group of boys to succeed with. I think that was probably maybe the the ingredient to our success was the, the group that we've got and the fact we haven't used that many players and we've just ground it out and we've come through that bit of adversity and just just got got there in the end and kept grinding away like I say and it's yeah amazing amazing feeling it's, uh, it's had a bit of a sense of journey to it this season as well because in the dark days of October November I don't think anyone quite saw a day like this coming probably not no none of us did um, I mean I, I say that I say that we started so well that then we lost a couple of games and it was like everyone almost threw their toys out of the prow and it all got a bit but I always felt really that we had enough in the changing room between us and we just needed to sort out a few little things and maybe change a few little bits and, and we did that and we, obviously we had Joe come back and Luke back in the team after he was sent off and that kind of thing which helped but yeah I think um, we every team in a season really goes through a bit of adversity and I think we've talked about it before off of this but when you go through that together and you come out of the side fighting and you get some good results and you get on a run there's not a lot that can stop you and that's really what's happened with us I think 13 straight league wins 14 if you count the penalty against Billericke as well which I think is a club record 21 wins out of 25 that's championship, that's championship form isn't it you deserve it yeah I think we do I think like I say we're not a, I mean we, we're, we're full time as such we're not really we're full time part time we don't work Mondays but we train hard and the teams label us with that that full-time thing but there's a lot bigger budgets in the league we're a tight-knit group of very good players and yeah i think i think overall we definitely deserve it so. absolutely national league next year a lot of a lot of long trips a lot of big clubs the likes of oldham Athletic, scunthorpe big teams premier league teams oldham athletic as well to uh, think about you think about that yet or you just think about getting Not on the beach either. two much two games left oh well i'd, I'd book my holiday um for the 27th of uh for the 27th of May and uh, then the National League moved the playoffs so that was handy to the 29th as the final so I've really only won this so that my girlfriend didn't chop my head off um, <laughs> otherwise we wouldn't have been going on holiday so yeah um, what, what, a, what better reason to win the league <laughs> we're going to hear a lot more about the Stones on next week's show Matt but uh, what a run they've been on and in the end they, they thoroughly deserve that title don't they a fantastic unbelievable um, achievement I think it was, uh, I only saw them once this season and that was against Slough. And when I saw that and the, speaking to the fans and the murmurings of that, they didn't think where they were going, where they were going to score any goals. But they just went on on a run. I think it's was it like 17 wins in 19 games or something ridiculous. So Hakanay Retin, he always said, trust him because he knows how to win games. I think he's probably promoted with John still at Dagenham. Promoted at Luton, which was a, a big achievement at the time. And we'll look where Luton are now. And he's done it. Um, sometimes I think, from what I gather, it's a 
bit of tough love what he has with the players, but they've clearly got a lot of respect for him and, he, and, he's, and he's achieved it. And we all thought again, when they lost to Dorkin, it's gone. But again, bounce back. Bounce back ability is the word, wouldn't it? That people used a few years ago. And they've got that, got a goal score. He's got Luke who scored a lot of goals. Luke has got, you know, he's done it as well. He's one of those players um, went into the league with Lincoln. Didn't really work out for him, but he's found a home at Maidstone. And he'll be a key player for them in the division because he's a tr- tricky customer. Um, and, and probably, we'll find out next week when we get Oliver Ash on, they've probably learned a lot from their last time they were in the National League because that, that season was a, you know, was an absolute disaster. And it's taken them three years to get out of it. And some part from my David point of view, could be three years before David. If you're looking at that, where people have gone, they've, you know, they've bounced back. And 4,000, I think they got on Saturday, you had 3,000 there. They took a load to Welling. They've really got the fans on board. And we always said, well, I always said, if any Kent can get another football league club, it'll always be Maidstone because they've got the support. Um, well-run infrastructure of the club. And now I'm not expecting them to win the National League, but they've, what they've got to do is a bit like, you know, Dover have done eight seasons in there. Just build it up because you'll get, you know, the crowds they get. It'll be, they'll have some tough days, but they'll have some good days as well. So I think now the thing is to make themselves a force in the National League for a few years to come, be a, be a solid National League side. And I think, I think, I think they've got the ability to do that now because they will learn from the mistakes they made previously. I think they're possibly in a better position when they when they came up to this level before, because it had been such a, a breakneck speed arrival for them. They'd come from the Isthmian southeast pretty much all the way up into the National League in, in double quick time. And, and I'm sure Oliver said to us before that perhaps that will happen too quickly for them. But I think because they've had those few seasons, because they've had Hakan in charge for a, a few years now, and he's and he's obviously shaped his squad and whether there's tough love in there or not, that squad is together. And you see them on social media that they obviously love each other to pieces. And that's what's got them where they are. Um, and I think that they've done absolutely brilliantly to, to do that. And, you know, when you saw them, they were in dire straits, but then something has just clicked and, and it's all worked fantastically for them. And, you know, obviously this season has been absolutely abysmal for your boys, but you have to remember that when you got promoted, you just flew straight up the top of the table. And and if Maidstone yeah. can build on the momentum, and, and I think the way that you get promoted makes a massive difference. And they've got this huge momentum going forward. When the season starts next year, there'll be all those fans who've fallen back in love with Maidstone United will be there. And, you know, if they could get a nice winnable home game first up, I think that'd be absolutely fantastic for them and just keep building that momentum, building that momentum. And there's always a team that, that kind of, gets in there and, and causes a, a, a bloodies a few noses and, and, and does really well. And there's no reason why it can't be Maidstone. And, you know, the fact that they're already pretty much full time, as, as Thomas said there, it, it's going to all, it's all playing for them to have a really good season, but they've just got to start well, haven't they? Yeah, I, I think they started well in the first season with Jay Saunders had a good season. And then when he left it, you know, they probably look back at that decision, maybe at the right time and look back now that where they've got to. The thing is about Maystone, if they are successful, they're going to get three and a half, four thousand every week. And the player, they will be able to attract decent players. I don't think, you know, I don't think they'll probably be the highest players, but that that ground and those fan base sells it to players. And they will have to strengthen. And, and I'm sure they will be able to bring in some absolute quality players as well, because um, 
but they've got other players like Barham or I liked before. It hasn't really worked out for him in the National League. So they've got players who've got a bit to prove as well in the National League. So all in all, it's um, it's been an absolutely fantastic season. And I think um, like, they probably can't wait. to. They don't want the season to end. And, and if they could flip, flip their fingers and make it August now, they would absolutely want to do that as well. Because exciting times to be a Maystone United fan. Um, and I say, from somebody who's seen a lot of the National League in the last eight years, you enjoy it. There's some great grounds to go to, some proper clubs you'll come up against, and they will do well. I'm absolutely convinced Hakimay Retin done a good job there. And I, and I think, you know, you might lose some of those players who John has mentioned have got that, that link with the club, but that's what happens. That's what happens. But, you know, I think they're in Barula Rollercoaster. Uh, and I expect them to... Um, to be a National League side for a, a while now. I think they've learned from those and I think uh, they will be a solid National League outfit. And you never know next season, do you? With, with the, with the um, I think there's a, a salary budget that, that some of these bigger clubs who are spending thousands of pounds each week uh, can do it. And you, you look at a team like Halifax. You know, Maystone get better gates than Halifax. Um, and Maystone probably... You know, we might be able to track the players from the London area. Why can't they be at Halifax next season and get in front of 4,000 fans? And then it could be. We're not, we don't want to lose them from this show, John, but, um, they, you know, they could do it as a Kent club in the Football League. I'm not saying next season. I'm not saying the next season, no, but build that. And the next five years, you build that up, build that momentum, that could happen. Absolutely, only one division to the other Kent club in the Football League as well for them. Uh, now, thanks well, to yeah. Tom Hadler for that. Um uh, and thanks to Alex for sending it through. And I, I did love that line, Matt. I know you haven't actually heard the interview, uh, but the line where Tom Hadler said the reason that he was so des- delighted to win the title was because uh, they moved the playoff final to when he was supposed to be on holiday. And his number one motivation was that he didn't want to have to cancel the holiday because his missus would have killed him. Um, but uh, that just sums up life. Well, as, it as shows a, up, you know, where, what, how many leagues were Maidstone and Gillingham probably 20 years ago? Well, well, I mean, when when Gillingham would have been in the championship, what, 2005, Maidstone would have probably just been starting in the East and South East. So a long yeah. way, maybe maybe even further down than that. So, uh, yes, yeah. one division. Uh, if you're a Maidstone fan, Maidstone winning the league, Gillingham getting relegated, one league between them. What a day. Doesn't it get, doesn't get much better for them, does it really? It doesn't. Uh, that title success for Maidstone had a knock-on effect at the other end of the table on Monday. Hakan Hayretin rang the changes for the trip to Welling and the Wings took advantage with a 3-2 win, which secured their survival. It was quite a weekend for Warren Feeney's side. With eight minutes to go on Saturday, they were in all sorts of bother. A trail to Hungerford with Billericke winning. Welling were back in the bottom spot. But then Dippo Akinyemi, who else? And Alfie Matthews struck to turn it around and Welling's fate was still in their own hands. And then on Monday, while they were winning that five-goal thriller at Parkview Road, Ebbsfleet were beating Billericke. And that means that the Essex club will drop into the Isthmian League. Job done for Warren Feed. And and I texted someone about this early on. They said, well, there's not much to celebrate, is it? They finished second bottom. But it's enough for Welling to stay up. And, and from where they were and all the issues that they've had this season, I think they can be really, really proud of, of what they've done under Warren Feeney. Yeah, it's a... Again, we, we, I've seen the quality they've got. Dippo's a good player and seen a lot of goals. Feeney's come in and done a job, I think, there. Just brought a bit of belief in the squad. And one, sometimes we, uh, we were surprised that Peter Taylor, won, but, but Taylor went. 
but maybe just that swift change in management, that little swift change, it's just sort of given them, and they're them the opportunity. Again, on a normal season, they'd have been relegated, but forget about that. They've managed to stay up. Um, there is talk of maybe some sort of input coming in financially. You never know, Welling could be looking at back and moving on up next season as well. So, yep, really good achievement for them. Interested to see if Warren Feeney Warren stays on now. Yeah, and I'll be in, I, I hope he does. Um, I mean, I've met him once, spoke to him on the phone once. Was it, I've been really impressed with him. And 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 I'd love I would love to see what he can do with his own players, uh, bringing in you know because it was such a, a quick turnaround for him when he got the job, a full preseason with those players, getting them all in and and really hit the ground running. And I think I don't think it will be as bad for Welling next season as it has been this season. Is it? Is that fair to say? Uh, yeah. Again, it's, it's all again like it, a lot of this division. It's all about recruitment. If you get the right players in and work together, you can be successful. So, uh, yeah, forget about this season. Go again. Good scenes again on social media. I saw with, with the Welling fans. Um, yeah, they've stayed up. They've, at the start of the season, I didn't think many people thought they would be going for the playoffs. But, uh, yeah, they've stayed up and they can forget about 90% of the season. and Look forward now again. Recruitment key for them in the summer. And Ben is in charge as well. It's another one. Absolutely. The battle for that crucial third spot has flip-flopped over the weekend uh, with one game to go. It's Ebbsfleet back in pole position thanks to their last gasp goal, which beat Billericke on Monday. Uh, they've been held at home by Chippenham on Saturday, which let Dartford in after their 6-0 win at Slough. But then on Monday, the Darts lost at home to Braintree. So victory for Fleet over Chelmsford on Saturday, I mean that they finished third. So I'm just going to remind you very quickly why this is so important, because these playoffs are over three rounds. So firstly, fourth will host seventh, and it's fifth against sixth in the in the eliminators. I have written quarterfinals, but I think they Americanized it and called it eliminators. And then the teams in second and third will be at home to the winners of those ties in the semi-finals before the final between the two winners of those games. So as things stand right now, Dartford would play Haven't Waterlooville, and then Oxford would host Eastbourne in the first games. Then the Darts or Haven't would either travel to face Ebbsfleet, uh, and Dorking would then host the winners of the other tie. And the final will then take place at the home of the highest ranked winner. Finished third is a massive advantage, Matt. And, and Dartford, I guess, will be kicking themselves that they missed out against Braintree on Monday. Yeah, um, that's when, we, when I saw them a couple of weeks ago. That was the main thing. Somehow they felt they needed to get third. After a second against Slough, you probably, they left that game on Saturday saying, right, really, you should beat Braintree. You've had a disappointing season. A late goal has, has cost them and a late goal for Ebsley. So my only fear on this, I've said it the last few weeks, is haven't. They're not particularly in running up form, but Paul Doswell does it. He'll, be, he'll make it difficult, nasty for for Dartford at the home game. And you've had some highs, Dartford, being top of the league, getting into, you know, thought they'd get back into it, didn't do. Thought we'd get to third, didn't do. And they've had some ups and downs. It's just lifting the players now. What does Steve King do over the next week? I when, are, nobody, when actually are the playoff games? Is it straight away? or I can't find it anywhere. Do you know? I managed to find it. Uh, oh, you are too good, mate. I know I am. Uh, so the Eliminator is uh, Thursday next week uh, for whoever finishes fourth. So Dartford against, uh, well, it's either going to be Haven or Waterlooville or it's going to be uh, Chippenham. And, that, and those two actually play on Saturday. So it's winner takes all oh, there. It's at home. Um, Haven are at home. So Haven, a point will take Haven through. 
but you never know because because uh, Chippenham are in a little bit of form. Um, yeah, so that game's on Thursday next week, and then the semi-final, which we hope obviously would be Dartford against Ebbsfleet or Ebbsfleet against Dartford, is on Sunday the fifteenth, and the final is the following Saturday. One thing I will say about Dartford, uh, it's obviously two years ago they they had all this all this stuff where the playoffs were played, weren't they? Uh, and they won two away games in those yep. in the eliminator and then the semi-final to reach the final, which they lost on penalties. So it does just go to prove, I suppose, that they Steve King. We know he's got a, a, a record in the playoffs, but he, in that 2020 campaign, he got them to win two big away games. So it looks like well, they will be at home in the in their first game. That they obviously hope that they're only going to have to play two games in this anyway. But they will definitely be at home uh, in their first game, whatever that is. Get a big crowd in there, and then. You know, if it does pan out that it's Dartford against Ebbsfleet, that game is just going to be absolutely magnificent as far as I'm concerned because both teams will will be bang up for it. You know, there's not a lot of love lost between them. Uh, both play some good football at times as well. So I, I think that would be a, a, a game for the ages uh, but between those two Kent teams. Uh, and again, much like the playoff final at Ashford, I, I wouldn't be able to call who would win a Dartford-Ebbsfleet game at either venue. I know both games ended in home wins in the league, but I, I just think... Playoff game, anything can happen, can't it? Yeah, it, it's a difficult one. You think four thousand people at Stonebridge Road, if if it's the gate, if it's the case, if Dartford get through, yeah, you know, it, it's a flip of a coin. One, um, Steve King's got the experience. Dennis Katrib, you know, as he, he'll know how it works. He'll know just you know five of the supporters. None of the team want to lose on that game. It's a flip of a coin, but then. You know you've got to beat Dawkins, and Dawkins score a lot of goals. So, if if either of our Kent sides get promoted, you have to give them they deserve it because it will be tough. Because you know against Dawkins, um, talking with Dawkins, with two 0 down. I think they won again four three. I think today. So three they got down. a bit of character. Three 0 down were they? Yeah. So um, yeah, we're hoping that they can, but it's going to be tough. I just feel I just. I, just got a funny feeling for haven't. I keep thinking that it could be complete rubbish and they could lose to Chippenham, but I think it would be tough. Dartford against haven't could be a, a niggly affair as well on as well on these games. So, um, but fair play to Ebbsley, bounce back last minute goal that gives them that extra week. So if you look at it that way, you think maybe Ebbsley could be an advantage when they play Dartford. Well, we've never had to do this before, but uh, we recorded the show on Monday and I was taking my time over editing it. Uh, and here we are now, Wednesday, quarter past five. And uh, having gone through it, there was a lovely section that we just did about how Steve McKim was such an asset uh, to Tunbridge Angels. And after they secured their survival with a 2-0 win over Eastbourne Borough in the final match, uh, played on grass at Longmead. Uh, and then the news broke on Tuesday evening, broke by Steve McKim himself that Steve McKim has been sacked after eight years in charge at Tunbridge Angels. Uh, that sort of breaking news is the sort of thing that can chivvy us to get back into our computers and do something again. Um, Matt, the outpouring of people on social media, uh, both Angels fans and non-Angels fans, suggests that a lot of people don't seem to think this is the right decision. Um, Maybe for the club, they think it is the right decision. Uh, again, I think the, the statement said that they didn't think he could take them any further show maybe the ambition of the club is to go further uh over the last couple of seasons he's you know done a really good job or got them promoted in that famous victory in the super playoff so i think it was um it's a surprise to me uh and i know a lot of clubs probably in the kent area 
thought that Steve McKim was an excellent manager. I would probably class him as an old school manager who we shoot from the hip, etc. But quite surprised. But I know there's been a lot of work off the field, as you've seen by Tunbridge, particularly on the surface and the management coming in, that they're um, uh, looking to go to a new direction. And I presume that direction is to try and get into the National League proper. But they don't think Steve McKim's the man to do it. No, I found the statement quite curious in that they said, you know, we've had some good times on the pitch. Well, I think they've had some exceptional times on the pitch with their FA Cup run last season. Well, I think that was uh, the first time in about 40 or 50 years. Actually it was, that, yeah. So. Um, first best ever FA trophy this season. He's kept them up. And and I've kind of flip-flopped about this a little bit. And I think we'll only know for certain if this was the right decision this time next year. Um, but... I could see why you might look at it and think, well, he's taken us as far as we can because we've only just stayed up the last couple of years. But if their ambitions are to be higher up the league, then they're going to need to up their playing budget. Of that, I'm quite sure. And you can't tell me that for the work that he's put in at that club, if they they are going to up the playing budget, that Steve McKim doesn't get the chance to be the person who gets to play about with that budget. I mean, it's... It's it's just a really, really strange one. And, And I suppose one thing to say to you, Matt, is... If the Dover manager's job was up for grabs tomorrow, would you take Steve McKim? Yeah, I probably would. Yeah, he knows his level, um, knows players, he's got good contacts in the game as well. I think, he, I think they've got somebody in from AFC Wimbledon who's done really well. I think he played last season or maybe in this season and has got on to him quite well for AFC Wimbledon. Yeah, old school manager. Um, and I'm sure he, the respect that he had of, his, of the players. Um, I was surprised. Speaking to people in the know, I've had a quick text chat and they weren't surprised, maybe closer to the club, because maybe they've seen this sort of coming, thinking maybe it's it's time for a change or what's going off the field. A new broom comes in and the manager is the one to do it. It'll be interesting where they go next. Um, I'm not the only one. I think a lot of people in, in Kent, other cl- Kent clubs, if he came available, I'm sure he'd be at top of the pile. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a strange one. Um, yeah, where will they go next? That's the next thing. But um, yeah, he's, he's a decent manager. Eight years of that, knows players like the back of his hand. So, and I'm sure um, people will be picking his brains for players out there. So I'm sure he won't be um, out of work for too long. But um, and we all lost to Kent football, I think. Yeah, and and it's one of those with Tunbridge Angels. Is this is only going to be the third manager they've had in 15 yeah. years because they had Tommy Warrow for a long time. They had Steve McKim for for a long time as well. Eight eight years he's been there now, and, and I guess. They, they say it was a unanimous decision. So I'm sure that the board have not taken this lightly, this decision. Um, as I say, that lots of people uh, on social media saying, well, you deserve to go down. This is like like Charlton did with Alan Kirbishley. You des-. But not everybody knows what's going on behind the scenes there. Um, and, and I know Steve said on this show that he had, um, he welcomed the 3G pitch, but he didn't particularly like playing on them. And I, and I wonder if that might be a, a factor in everything. And they worry, perhaps, that the way that he plays football might not be conducive to, to that. I mean, in the bit that I've edited out of this week's show, we're talking 1,300 people were there on Saturday to see them play against uh, Eastbourne Borough. And and things are moving in the right direction for Tumbridge Angels. And, and perhaps they just think that if they want to move to the, the next level, they, they need to look for someone new. But it... it it just sucks to be Steve McKim, I'd imagine. He must be absolutely devastated. Yeah. Um, I presume the, 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 the proof of being the pudding is how they start next season when they get the new manager in. I've got no whispers. Of course, Chris Kinnear company texts me. Would he be interested in going in? I don't know. Again, 
Chris Kinnear will do a job. But I think, you know, you've got Steve McKim, who's probably very similar to Chris Kinnear of how he gets his things across. But and as you say, I think his new manager comes in, probably wants a, 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 a bit of a budget, unless Tom Parkinson play, manages the academy. Could it be a contender if he gets a result on the weekend? Well, we shall find out how, how that all pans out. And it'll be very interesting to see who's who's interested in the job and who actually gets the job and who they've got lined up for it. Because there are some names floating about. Um, who have you heard? Well, I've not heard anyone particularly, but just I was having a conversation with someone this morning and it was like, who, which managers might be interested in that job? And and we, I, I did discuss, actually, Gary Elphick, who's a former Tunbridge Angels captain, uh, but he's just signed a new two-year contract at Hastings. Now, I don't know if that would be enough of a, a pull for him to go back to a club that he represented, if he'd even want to go back to there, because he's obviously onto a great thing at Hastings. Um, yeah. You know, you've got Neil Smith. Would he Could he possibly yeah. be in, in it? Because he, we, we know he was only there to uh, Cray Wonders to the end of the season, and, and there's an opportunity for him there. And, you know, there's James other Wonders people. Again, you know, I think maybe moving back up the line, um, had a record at Conference South. If got the team promoted out of Conference South, Neil Smith. What about um, Tony Russell? Yep, Cray. Uh, sorry, Lewis, yeah, ex-Cray. So, um, yeah, do, do, again, we've we've been criticised ourselves for saying all oh, the same old names coming in and we criticise when Dennis Gutrieb come in. So they may go down that sort of route. So we'd just be interested to see um, what happens to the players that have been there a long time as well. Well, there'll be a, a new broom of players. So um, interesting. Um, I just feel a bit sorry for Steve McKim, but hopefully he won't be out of the game for too long. No, yeah, let's hope not. So as Matt said, Tom Parkinson is in charge uh, for their game this weekend. They finish off against St Albans. Welling's last game of the season is at Concord Rangers. Uh, there's going to be a big old sold-out promotion party at the Gallagher Stadium where Hampton and Richmond are the uh, visitors to the champions, Maidstone United, in the battle, which we've been talking about for third place. Eversuit United at home to Chelmsford and Eastbourne Borough is the destination for Dartford. We will see who gets that third place. But uh, yeah, um, thanks for, for coming back on, Matt, because uh, we weren't expecting to have to do this. But um, one of those things, eh? Well, it, it, it was it was a surprise to me when it pinged up on my phone. So um, I, I think also it doesn't look good when he announced it and the club announced it afterwards, does it? So um, I think it was it by a phone call as well. It wasn't face to face. No, they did. They in the club statement, they were very quick to say that it was a face to face meeting. Oh, right. Um, but obviously he he got the statement out before the club did. Um, so, uh, yeah, right, yeah, yeah hindsight's a wonderful thing on these things, isn't it? So. Uh, on that thing but yeah so yeah sad days but you know the king is dead long live the king as they say absolutely and as i say this time next year we'll know if it was the right decision or not won't we absolutely back to the show there's still two more weeks of torture for dover fans uh, they lost both of their games this weekend 1-0 firstly home to altrincham then at Notts county bromley meanwhile beat chesterfield 4-2 on saturday lost 3-0 at solihull moors on monday uh, they will finish somewhere in the middle but of course they have that wembley date to look forward to uh, they host altrincham on tuesday night but no doubt we'll also be looking forward to hosting Matt Gerrard on Saturday. Are you looking forward to getting up to Hayes Lane? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, be very, very jealous if they've got their trip out of Wembley. Last away game in the National League. Apparently, a few Dover fans going up just to enjoy that. It's going to be a tough affair. Will I see Dover win away for the first time in three years? I worked it out. I hadn't seen him win away since the last day of 2019. So, um, Hopefully we can get a result up there. It's going to be tough. But to be fair, losing 1-0 to Notts County is a good result, especially after last week. So, uh, yeah, nice to see some friendly faces up at Bromley. Um, am I expecting to win? You never know. You never know. But we've got two games to go. Let's try and get at least one point from them to get off the, off 
the zero point mark. Yes, and of course, your last game at home to Weymouth, and that one really oh, is oh, for the purists. A classic, mate. That will be, I really expect um, me to be the only person there. So, yeah. And I say so a lot of these, and one of these things I will say, a lot of these Kent crowds and Kent crowds have gone really up this season with a lot of clubs attracting more people. Well, Dover's have gone down. I just don't know how Dover are going to somehow attract play, attract people back. I well, think if you do that, is winning football matches and Dover are going to have a massive, massive summer of A, getting people back on track and B, getting in players that can compete for next season. As I said it all along, I, I do not expect Dover to, to do a Maidstone next season unless they take Maidstone squad, so, which I highly think is unlikely. It's interesting what you say there about Dover, Matt. Um, momentum is a big thing because all the other teams we've been talking about, we've been talking about Maidstone, we've been talking about Welling, uh, we, we've been talking about Dartford, Ebsoup, talk, obviously talked about Herne Bay, Ashford. It's about how you get people in, in to watch your games by having momentum. And, and and I guess that's the one thing that Dover haven't had for, for two years now. We've got no momentum. Um, and everybody says you cannot get that without winning matches. And that's the only way we can attract everybody. You get 600, I think it was six, five, 600 there on Saturday. And these people are just going out of pure love for the club. We're going to go and watch it because the football is not particularly great. You know, they had an average age of 20 on Saturday. Uh, and, like, you know, they run around a lot, but they haven't got the extra quality in the final third to, to hurt teams. So, be- beating Weymouth in the final game of the season may not me- mean too much to the value of the league. But, again, it's a home win and it gives something to move on to for next season. It's not going to be a classic, I would have thought. But that's what you need. They just need something. They don't need a spark from somewhere. Every other, I can think of numerous Kent clubs who've had sparks who just going in the right direction. Dover haven't done it all season. And, you know, I, I, you know, I did the homework here. You, I looked at Dartford. Dartford were in Dover's first season in the National League. They got releg- were relegated the season Dover came up, but because of various National League things with clubs going bust, that sort of saved them. Dartford have been knocking on the door of the Conference South for seven, eight seasons, haven't managed to get up. It's taken Maidstone three. Um, so there's no guarantee that Dover are going to bounce back at all in that division. And it, and it could take a long time because they've no momentum and they need something. Even if it, like next season, if you offered them a cup run, get into the second round of the FA Cup, that just gives something, doesn't it? Just need something just to spark it, to get people excited again. Because at the moment, there's no excitement. There's no interest because they're not winning football matches and there's a bit of a malaise at the club and that's got to change otherwise you know it could be the end of Dover as in being a successful team and for me it hurts because the last eight seasons Dover have been the cream of the crop getting in Kent football and though I'm absolutely delighted for everybody at Maystone because they're a great club I'm jealous as hell of where they are and the momentum they've got um, and I can't see Dover in the next three, four, five years being at that level ever again. It's, it's, it's funny because I, I don't normally uh, get to listen to Radio Kent because obviously um, I'm outside of the county and you can't actually listen to it through a, a smart speaker or anything or online or anything like that. Uh, so it was pretty much the first time all season that I've heard your your pre-match views from, from Crabble and... and 
it, it made me sad because you just sounded sad and you sounded really dejected and really down and 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 I was just kind of like they, they've even broken your spirit and you know what you're on this podcast because you're a, a champion of Kent football and and to hear you being so upset about the team that you love it, it got to me a bit on Saturday mate to be honest um yeah I because there's nothing you know nothing exciting the only excitement is to get to one point and after the season it's it's again I'm lucky I don't have to pay to get in so the people who do have to pay so there is some um niceness from this and it's just been a horrible season an absolutely terrible season and some of the is it has it become a chore probably has become a bit of a you know you just one bit of excitement we had when they won that game and you think oh let's go on from there and it hasn't gone from there but the highlight was bright was brilliant well up there in the top five direct games and we won a game but we just haven't taken anything off since then so yeah, it's it's been a long hard season, and I could do with a bit of a break, to be honest. Yeah, so I've, I've, you've mentioned that a couple of times there. Well, let's have a break from talking about football now for a few minutes at the end as we reach the end of the show. Um, I'm going to have a bit of a, a, a first world problem here, but it's 2022. Why, if I pay cash at a self-service checkout, is the change I get back such a bloody embarrassment? I went into a supermarket on my way home from uh, Homelands on Saturday. I spent £3.10 pence, and I was like, well, I'm not going to bother getting my card out for that. I've got the change in my pocket. I had £3.20. So I put my £3.20 in thinking I'm going to get 10 pence back out of here. Now, call me naive, but if I'm getting 10 pence back, I expect a silver coin worth 10 pence. I do not expect a 5p two two p's and a one p which is what i got i mean it's absolutely bloody useless and it's a it's a common problem that i've had for many years if you if you expecting 50p you normally get two twenties and two fives and i don't want all this bloody shrapnel i know the machine doesn't want the shrapnel but i don't want it so instead i'm just i've just ended up with all this bloody money that i'm probably gonna end up putting in Haley's change pot and i never see it again what's the bloody point well, I think you're paying from. I'm like the queen, mate. I don't carry cash anymore. So if, I, I pay 50p on my card. So I think that's the way to go these days, mate. Just don't, just don't pay cash. We're a well, cashless do, society. Do you know the problem is there. though? If I if I pay with with this is again, but if I use obviously I've got two bank accounts, one for the business, one for uh, one for me. If I use the business card uh, card anywhere, I get charged for that. I have to pay a percentage to use the bloody card. I don't have that problem with my personal account. And yeah, on reflection, I wish I'd just like waved my personal card at it rather than get this bloody pathetic excuse for change back at me. But, you know, it's, I, I was in a situation where I had some cash and I was like, well, you know, like you say, you don't tend to carry a lot of stuff. So I had some. I thought, oh, I'll get rid of that. Oh, I'll get a nice shiny 10p back. And instead I got that load of nastiness. Uh, well, well, clearly the place to go to get rid of that, John, as I went to today, is the, the arcades. arcades in Margate because there was two P machines all over the place. So, I was going to say, you don't think we've got arcades. We've got a nice one on the PR. I'll t- I'll, when, when you come down next season, I'll take you. I'm, I'm hoping Eastbourne's not going to be on a Tuesday in whatever it is. But uh, yes, yeah, so I, I am looking forward to the. Well, if they get promoted, mate, that's what could happen, couldn't it? Eastbourne go up, Dover go down. Story of our season. 
Yeah, you know, yeah, I wouldn't get your hopes up. They've been in stinking form uh, of late Eastbourne. I don't, I don't fancy them much. Uh, and having seen them a couple of weeks ago as well, yeah, I'm not convinced that they're going to be there or thereabouts. Um, but yeah, we shall see how it goes. Um, we've just watched a program that was on a few weeks ago uh, on Channel Five called Compulsion. Did you see it? No, we haven't. I haven't been watched anything apart from Fraser and Richard Osman the last week. Because... Right. Well, take some advice from from a good friend of yours. If if your wife says, "Oh, there's this thing on Channel Five called Compulsion. We should watch it." Say no. Is it a murder mystery? Is it? No. It was just. It was about. It had a promising uh, synopsis um, about. It was a woman who'd been involved in a train crash and she'd had a bit of addiction, bit of PTSD, and everything like that. And then completely spoiled it with a naff, predictable, pathetic storyline. And then even worse, a pally, oh, everything turned out wonderfully in the end, happy ending. It was honestly terrible. Absolutely terrible. This is the cut that they've stopped funding neighbours because they want to support these British dramas and then put that waffle out of absolutely furious. (laughs) Well, just watch Fraser, mate. That's the way forward. Uh, obviously, he's been, just been watching The Rocket. Uh, ben Smith mentioned him as well, but uh, a seventh world title for him. Uh, pleased to see him get over the line as well. And yeah, it's been it's been a, a good sporting weekend. There's just been so much on, hasn't there? I've been watching all sorts. I've been been to a game. I've been watching football. I've been watching the snooker. It's it's oh, brilliant weekend. And and as I said on on social media, I had um I had a bet on Fulham and I had a bet on Wigan to win the, the to win their divisions at the start of the season. Uh, I had Newport, so it looked like a good bet, but never came off. And I had, and, and I went for Chelsea for the Premier League. I didn't realise that they were going to be uh, coming up quite a short. I, I thought that they they had half a chance, but I'm still for my seven pound fifty that I invested. Uh, I'm going to get about fifty quid back, which I don't think is too bad. But again, gamble responsibly. How uh, did you get that back then? Because what I do is I do a lucky fifteen, so that it's, so I do four singles then all the doubles, all the trebles and an accumulator. Oh, right. So if one of them wins, I get some money back, whatever. Um, and as it is, two of them have come in. So I'm going to get all that money back. So it, was the, uh, it really was the perfect finale to League One uh, on Saturday for me with Wigan winning the league. I was I was really chuffed for them. I know people at Wigan, uh, uh, who were connected to Wigan as well. So I was absolutely delighted for them. So uh, yeah, perfect finale on Saturday. I was, I was pretty chuffed at uh, just coming up three o'clock on Saturday, Matt. I don't know about you. It was, um, well, it cheered me up from where I was anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Right, well, we'll uh, we'll leave that there. You can find us on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast. You can find us on Facebook, search for Kent Only Podcast. I'm at John Phipps 81 on Twitter. Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard. Thank you to all of our guests for the time this week. A massive congratulations uh, to all of our teams that have been promoted, all of our teams that have stayed up. Uh, and all of our supporters who've stuck with their teams who've been relegated uh, throughout the course of the season. Basically you, Matt. Uh, But thank you, everybody, (laughs) for listening to this week's show. And we will speak to you all next week on the Kent Only podcast. What am I going to do for the rest of the week now, John? Because this is now recorded on a Monday. What am I going to do? I'll be twiddling my thumbs on a Wednesday evening.